Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Digital Ascent, and thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We've got a show chock full of a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, we're going to try and talk about uh, TLS deprecation, or sorry, basic auth deprecation for Exchange Online. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some heated discussions occurring in the Xbox world. And lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about how media is shifting. And we'll see what we think. So without any further ado, uh, I'm going to go ahead and run us through basic auth. What is that? What does that mean? Well, once upon a time, you could uh, just go to a website like, you know, outlook.com and log in with a username and a password. This is considered basic auth. It doesn't have uh, any 2FA or anything like that. There's more stuff behind the scenes, but we're just going to keep this short. The big change here is that coming in December 2022, Microsoft's not allowing this anymore. And this probably won't affect a lot of people um, if like in your home lives and things like that, but this could definitely affect your business. So if you are, um, you know, if you're an IT admin and you're not really sure what I'm talking about, I, I recommend that, that you take a look at that. Um, Microsoft's basically going to like pick it out of a hat about who to shut down at first type of thing. So maybe you'll get lucky, maybe you won't. Even if you do shut it down, you can, or even after they do shut it down, you can come back again and you can say you can do a one-time reactivation of that type of stuff. Um, and the type of systems this is going to impact is like, if you have a printer, everyone loves scanning to email. If you're doing that through Office 365 and you've popped a username and a password in, in there, not anymore you ain't. Not unless you got one of the special ones that can do multi-factor authentication. So, or, um, I'm sorry, modern authentication is the actual tagline. There are some printers out there that can do that. So that, that's my spiel on that. Um, it's definitely something you should be looking at. We'll include something in the show notes for you to review in more detail. And, uh, hopefully that's helpful. Anyone else want to jump in on this? I'm, I'm pretty sure this, yeah, this is I definitely going to affect other people that are on yes, this it will. right now. So I would like yes. to hear your two cents. So we have a really big environment and a lot of that is scanned to email and most of those reside on office 365 those accounts is like service accounts and mm -hmm. yep that's at this it. point <laughs> no moss yeah pretty much like no moss that's it and that's going to be a big problem because the print vulnerability nightmare or print nightmare vulnerability sorry said that backwards Horrible. Uh, it's it's been a nightmare for us for print management. So now you're just going to add another layer of complexity and difficulty to get around. I mean, I, I, mean, I get I get why, but that's uh, Microsoft always making life just a little bit harder for the admins. I believe oh, this change is also killing off app passwords, isn't it? Yeah, app passwords are definitely uh, something I would expect to go. I don't. I, fortunately, I don't have the data in front of me right now. But from the big picture, if you're not seeing a prompt with the white box that says Microsoft has and has the Microsoft logo and then has, um, you know, ask you for your for your email and then you hit, you know, next or whatever. And then you get a separate prompt for your password. And then hopefully, if you've been listening to the podcast, you have 2FA enabled and um, you're going to have to go through that also. And that's the modern auth process. And if you're not seeing that occur for whatever you're doing, it's, it's, it's basically going to be done. I will say that you can 
that after after Microsoft pulls your, your pulls your name out of a hat, basically, and that's how they're going to do it. They're going to be randomly shutting people down. Um, you can it, you can go turn it back on again one more time, and it'll help you. Then, in fact, we're even going to give you some tools to help you identify where um, where are the problems, basically, and um, identify where the legacy stuff is, still is, and you know, ho- hopefully it'll help out. Uh, I will say once again, if you're not, if you're in an admin position and you haven't been having these conversations, then you, you probably need to be having these conversations. Mm. And I guess that's, yeah. that's, that's my rant. That's what I gotta, gotta say about this. It's a big <laughs> thing. It's a big change. This is how, yeah, this really is how yeah, this is how it's been done for a long time. And, uh, so this is something new. It's something that um, is pushing Microsoft, the entire Microsoft ecosystem towards um, zero trust. And uh, if that's a new terminology for you and you're an admin, I encourage you to go look that up a little bit also or reach out to me directly on our Discord. And I'll be more than happy to share all of my knowledge about zero trust with you and, you know, how I might, you know, how you might be able to improve your networks and systems to support that. Cool. Now, now that that's the end of my rant. All right. I think if, if someone else has something. Yeah, I think Jordy has something to say now about about yeah. some deets about some drama in the gaming universe. Yeah, I think yeah, we're gonna it. we're gonna get some of the uh, the less important. I mean, man, it's hard to follow up after Matt. You know what I mean? I, I know this is all for fun and games oh. here, but yeah, you know I mean, Matt coming here with the serious, uh, you know, heart to hearts. Listen yeah, to the man, heat. people. Yeah, he's dropping heat in here. All right, for free. All you got to do is tune Super in. Super hot fire. <laughs> Absolutely, it's free real oh. estate. Um, Oh, uh, so, nice. <laughs> uh, so now I'm going to come in here and I'm going to talk to you guys about uh, some real first world problem stuff. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk about some drama between uh, Xbox and Sony. And, you know, maybe maybe we're creating the drama by me just like coming in here and saying that, like, we're going to talk about the drama. But like, really, this is like, I don't know what Jim Ryan was. Just, I don't know what just spill the tea. Here, okay? Just spill the tea. Bro. So let just me go. let me. Yeah, yeah let, let's just start from the top. OK, so. Last week, okay, uh, actually, I'll, I'll pause right there, and I'll, I'll just start from the beginning, right? So everybody uh, is, is very aware Xbox is, um, you know, uh, they're buying Activision right now, and that that acquisition is under review by all the powers that be, you know, the big, uh, the big regulators uh, around the world. I mean, this is big enough to have everybody, you know what I mean? Not just, not just uh, a U.S., you know, regulate, everybody is reviewing uh, this acquisition, so, you know, Xbox is, uh, they're trying to be very open about what their intentions are for acquiring, you know, a, a publisher as, as big as Activision. And um, they're, they're trying to keep the light, you know, uh, in a positive hue. You know what I mean? Uh, any, any wrong, I don't, I don't really know how these review processes work, but it seems like they, you know, they can be swayed essentially by, by public, by, you know, how, how the public is, is feeling, how, how we're receiving everything. You know what I mean? Uh, what, what the, what the public reputation does, is what I'm saying making sense so far. I feel like I'm not saying the right word, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm close to it. So I'm, I'm going to move past this point here. Okay. I, I think, I think you've nailed it, man. Uh, at the end of the day, the laws should ideally, like at the end of the day, the, the regulations are laws and they're laws that should, uh, reflect what is in the public's best interest and hopefully 
that aligns yes. with um, yes. what the public's desire is. And so I personally feel like it's important that regulators are keeping track. Gosh, it's weird to say this, but it's important that regulators are keeping a pulse on Twitter and Instagram and hopefully not TikTok. Don't use TikTok. Yeah, and it's um, it's so it's weird that you say that, you know, because it's like uh, I'm I don't want to get stuck on this for too long, but it's like there there haven't been a whole lot of these acquisitions that one have been relevant to just regular people, um, and two social media is big enough that like we can actually see these things happen in real time. You know what I mean from the sidelines. Mm -hmm. So uh, I you can see that Matt like as these things continue to happen and as Microsoft and Xbox continue to make these big buyouts, you can see how they're trying to shift you know the the public view of themselves of their you know whatever acquisition they're trying to make uh, for better or worse. Right. So um, mm -hmm. in that same vein. Right. Microsoft released some um, some information last week just saying, hey, like we uh, we offered, you know, we signed a contract with with Sony or we offered to, uh, you know, uphold their current contractual agreements um, that they they had standing with Activision already. And we're going to not only uphold the original contract, but we're going to uphold that contract, you know, for a handful of years after I think up to three years after you know, that contract's original expiry date, okay? Now, that's not the, that's not the drama piece here, okay? You'd, you'd think you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, cool. Now, they, they haven't gone into details of what that means. They haven't gone into details. Like, I'm kind of par paraphrasing here, but the links to these articles will be in the show notes. And uh, the, the big catch here is, uh, you know, Jim Ryan is not happy about it. And you can definitely tell this is where, like, the social media's, you know, play, I think, or it, where it comes into play, right? Uh, so Jim Ryan comes out and he says, look, I, I, I wasn't looking to make a big deal about this, but this is just completely unacceptable. Like <laughs> this, this uh, what, what Phil Spencer offered, you know what I mean? What, what he offered doesn't reflect the relationship that we've had with uh, PlayStation over the last 20 years. And we're, we're just not happy about it. We're, we're pretty disappointed essentially, right? So um, the big discourse that's going on in the gaming community right now is there are... <sighs> There are a lot of people that are upset, and I've got some statistics here for us, just really quick, some quick percentages of like, um, I didn't realize how closely tied Sony and Activision were, uh, or even that they had, you know, uh, a longstanding relationship with Activision like that. For me, I'm thinking maybe it's the last 10 years, but if you go back and looking at some of these statistics here, you can see why I think Sony is making a big deal about this. They're about to lose a lot of money. And that is an assumption, Surprise. right? Assuming that... You know, <laughs> assuming that Xbox, you know, spends seventy billion dollars on this this developer, and somewhere down the line, you know, they're potentially thinking about making this series uh, console exclusive, which definitely could happen. Um, but nobody knows right now because Xbox is telling us one thing, and you know, Sony, Jim Ryan, they're these guys are freaking out. Like, are we about to lose a massive cut of revenue? Right. So let me so just read on. through these hold statistics. On. Okay, go ahead. Sure. No, no, no. You, I, I, you, I can pause here? <laughs> yeah, pause here for a second because I have some questions. Okay, let me pause. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, though, because okay. Activision Activision, and Microsoft are, are you know, merging, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about they're merging, which means that they'll receive some of the profits from that merger, right, whatever they pull going forward. You're talking about a whole player base that's not being excluded from online purchases and all sorts of stuff down the line, right? I don't know Absolutely. about that. 
and it's, it's a we'll see here's that's just gonna buy microsoft equipment instead of sony equipment well and here here's the Maybe for here's call of duty the, mm. dude here's where things yeah. get a little juicy mm. okay and it's exactly the thing that you're talking about right here sean okay uh this is the big this is the golden like question right like this is what everybody's kind of thinking like hey xbox if you if you take call of duty off of playstation especially knowing these numbers i'm about to give you all right now you take call of duty off of playstation you are you're shooting yourself in the foot like the amount of money that's what i, I mean thought. call of duty makes billions of dollars a year yeah. in microtransactions alone i've given y'all this rent a million and one times and i'm sure i've done it on this podcast already so i'm not going to get into it but they make a lot of money there's not another series in brand or just like longevity that has been at the same levels that call of duty has you know what i mean so there's a lot more that comes with that so uh, you know it's that's the question everybody is asking. And I think that's what, you know, Xbox is trying to, they've already, Phil Spencer's already come out and said, hey, look, I don't need to make this a console exclusive to get our money back. Like, I need to let y'all know that, you know what I mean? Like, we could do whatever we want. Mm. We, we'll talk about that in the future. Um, so let me give you, let me give you these percentages really quick. And then we can go from, from there. Um, so for the year of 2020, uh, Sony accounted for 17% of Activision Blizzard's total net revenue uh, for Man. the entire year, which totaled out to $1.3 billion. Uh, yeah. and just a little more than that, okay? But that was coming just from Sony. Um, from my understanding of this article, and again, this will be linked in the show notes, uh, this is just from like company to company. Uh, so a good example of this would be like uh you know sony buying famously the last couple of call of duties that have come out sony has bought exclusive you know timed exclusivity for some of the modes uh in call of duty so for the first year what? for the last three call of duties um if you weren't on playstation you were getting 60 percent of the game because what sony oh uh playstation wow. had bought out those yeah. other modes now granted they weren't great you know they weren't anything to write home about the the modes, but that's not the point. It's the principle. Uh, so stuff like that. Uh, we're talking about um, you know again mainly timed exclusivity stuff, the marketing uh, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? PlayStation's gonna go do a a showcase. They're gonna reveal Call of Duty there. That's that's what they're you know that's what what's coming out of that, right? That's not even to me. This isn't even the craziest number. The the other crazy number here is that um, out of all of the Warzone. Out of all of the Warzone players, 41% of those players are coming from PlayStation. They're either playing Whoa. on a PS4 or a See? PS5. Mm, so that's what I'm when saying. you think about, you know what I mean? Exactly the question that we're talking about here, Sean. Um, and uh, just, just all of the other things that we're kind of talking about or not talking about that we're kind of putting on the table here. There's a lot of nuance to this. You know, Xbox can make a... They can go either way. They can they can say, hey, we're going to go exclusive. We're not going to go exclusive. And it's not going to matter to them. Uh, PlayStation's going to be the one that that may kind of take the L for this. And I think the, the big question here is what do they do if that happens? Do they counter with their own mm -hmm. FPS? Do they try to get Game Pass on their, their console? What does that look like? But uh, that's the end of my spiel. That's it. I uh, just wanted to put that in front of you. You guys uh, and our listeners, you guys can uh, take that. Think about it. Let us know what you're thinking in the Discord. Come I'll talk to us to, to get the yeah console war spun up. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> what a mess! Uh, yeah, what a mess! 
Sorry, Mess. Okay. Seriously, what a mess. All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to uh, main topic here. So good job to both of you, actually. I have so much more that I want to say, but for the sake of brevity, we're going to move forward. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So physical media. That is what we're going to be going for here today. And I have some pretty strong opinions. I've already expressed some of them in uh, in one of the podcasts that we did on, you know, digital rights management and some other things. But for the start, let's let's kind of define the, the realm. I'm going to keep it kind of limited here, but I want to define what, what we're talking about as far as physical media goes. So you're talking about CDs, vinyl, cassettes, iPods, books, DVDs, basically like during the 80s, 90s, and actually for some of these even before, they... Um, physical things in your hands that you purchased and you own them and you took them home and you listen to them or you watch them and why some of those things are lingering around longer than you would think. So um, I want to play a game really quick. All right. So we're going to play a guessing game. I'm going to list one of the types of physical media and I want you to tell me when you think that it was first released. Like I'm so down. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, let's do okay. It. Yeah, let's do all right. It. All right, so let's go ahead and start. So let's do CDs. When do you when do you think they first uh, started coming around? Ooh, that's I'm gonna uh... go, go compact disc, nineteen eighty eight. Okay, Jordy. I'm gonna say uh, nineteen. I think eighty eight is too late. Right. I'm gonna say. Uh, shoot, man. I'm gonna say you are 82. the youngest out That's of us, so I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you said I'm gonna say Sorry? 82. I want to say 70s, but 82, I think, is gonna be my. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I don't know okay. that number. That year's calling to me. Okay, Brent. And so we're saying we're talking about CDs specifically, right? We're not talking about CDs. Yeah, we're gonna go through each one. None of that. No, CDs. Yeah, we're talking about the small four. And I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with a nice round number, 1990. Okay, so Jordy got it. It's 1982. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Oh, son. Hey, look. Hey, Brent, I don't want to hear no more jokes at work. I don't want to hear nothing. All right? I don't want to hear nothing. Ah, that's good. Oh, jeez. Hey, good job, Jordy. Dang. On the nose. Okay. So let's do. Let's move on. So vinyl. Vinyl records. Hmm. This is Shoot, a, this is I'll a tricky go, one. I'll go 19, 1968. I'm not good at this. I'm just guessing random <laughs> random dates at this point. I have no idea. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm gonna That's say 19, 1957. That's Jordy's answer. Nineteen fifty seven. I might okay. be wrong. Uh I'm gonna say nineteen thirty eight. Ooh. You guys were like tickling around it. You all had eight in it. That's crazy. It's 1948. Oh, wow. Dang. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You guys, yeah, Almost you all kind of had it around ago. there as far as the eight was concerned. But okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Sean. So this, I'm, I'm curious what the swing is on this one. So cassettes, like cassette tapes. 1978. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I say, don't know, man. Uh, it, I guess it can't be. 19... It can't be. I, I'm going to stay with it, though. 
Okay. Wrong as 19, ever. I'm going to say 87 on this one. Ooh, I'm say 87. Okay. Cassette tapes. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to say maybe like mid to late 60s. Let's just say 1965, 66. Oh, man. Okay. Brent, you were so close, dude. It was 1962. You were, oh, you were cassette tapes off. are that old? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tapes, my man. Bro, what? what? All right, so Rigged. let's uh, let's do DVDs. Uh, two thousand ninety-eight. Oh, I'm gonna say ninety-six. Wait, hold okay. on. Can I change mine? I'm gonna say. No, I'm gonna say no, uh, no. No, you said 2002, <laughs> sucker. That's what you got. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. All right. I'll take 2002. I'm still, I'm okay with that one. I think I might be in the so, window still. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So, the window it of was, wrongness. Brent, what did you say? You said, I said 96. 96. Matt, you said 98. I like the mates tonight, apparently. Man, you guys. So, again, Brent, Brent clutched it. It's 1995 by just a smidge. Just I, I figured it was mid nineties. You know, yeah. you know what's out. crazy yeah. is in that my mind. Close. Here's why I wanted to change my answer just really quick. Is I remember like seeing the commercials start for DVDs or like when they got popular was somewhere between like 2003, 2004, and so I was really mm. confident that that answer would work. However, that's when the consumers got it. You know what I mean? If yeah, we had it, yeah. it mm -hmm. definitely means that it was in commercial use in some way, shape, or form before it got to us and i feel like that's right. a safe assumption and uh that's how i knew i was wrong thanks for coming to my all TED right. talk. <laughs> <laughs> jordy's ted talk um okay so here's the yeah here's the last one i'm not gonna do books because they've been around for forever like you know gutenberg press and all that so who cares right um but this last one i thought would be a lot of fun so ipods because that's technically physical media. 2008. I don't, I don't actually agree Wait, with you on no. the iPod physical media thing, but I'm going to go 2000. You, you and, hold it in your uh, hand, right? And you had to burn yeah, the CDs it's, to I'm, get we, the music can, on there. I mean, man, but what are you loading on there? You're loading on their digital tracks that you purchased through, through, through stuff like that. It's not like, CDs? I mean, CDs? You purchase CDs to burn them uh, on there? Man, but you own the CD. Yeah, if an iPod counts, then we got to throw like Game Boys and PSPs in here too. Okay, I guess and, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, so this I, is what I, I would this, argue all right, that. All right, that, all right. Okay, here, all right. Uh, I just wanted to put I put it in here for two, fun. All right, we'll, we'll come back to this. Okay, I want to. I'm going to say right. 2000. Yeah, two, okay, I'm going to change my answer here. Uh, no, you can't change your answer. You, I, I didn't hear your answer. I know. So. <laughs> he didn't hear the answer, so that's uh, I I knew. You know what? I'll take the L. Matt's right. I'll take. The I, L. I would. Fair. I would argue though. Back to the, that original statement. The initial release of the iPod was when the process was more. Let me rip my CD to this device. Now I can carry three hundred right. CDs with me, and not mm -hmm. iTunes. iTunes took a while to like come to fruition, and people like actually grasp. Oh man, I'm spending a dollar ninety nine per track now, or whatever it yeah, came out exactly. as. You know what I mean? So, anyways. We'll have that conversation in a minute. But um, so Brent said what? Brent said 2000. Matt 2000, said. Yeah. I think it was 2002 or whatever. Okay. Matt said That's three. the answer I Matt's want. was 2003. Well, fine. And 2003. Your answer was 2000. 
Mine was 2008, Sean. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Mine was terrible. Uh, and I, 2000 Jordan. and wrong is what I should have said. All right, don't even talk to me right now. 2000 talk and to late. Brenton, man. Yeah, right. Shoot, dog. All right, Sean, what's, uh, what's the real number? By the slimmest margin, Brent, it's 2001. That, yeah, I, I believe it. I believe it. Brent's a cheater. 2001. That's the yeah. problem. You were really close. I was a cheater. I have it on the nose. What are you talking about? No, you're just throwing our scent off the trail. You saw us all blowing it, and you were like, oh, I'll just pretend. Never. Oh, no. Okay, so, yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Like, you think about that time gap between those those types of medias, right? It's kind of weird to think about. And, man, I don't know. It, it blew my mind, some of these. Um for sure, but some right, of these so make me it. feel a little old. I just wanted to throw that out, and I'm the youngest sure. person here, I think. So, uh, wow, thanks. I Jordy. feel a little uncomfortable, Sean. Thanks. Yeah, well, look, man, I just yeah, put a little something there for all. I'm not trying to be ageist, man. I'm just trying to include everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, I, I, I feel you. I just had to let you know how I was feeling. You know? Uh, yeah. which, what else okay. you got for us? <laughs> uh, okay, so it's now we're kind of moving into more statistics as far as the individual pieces of media here but um so i thought i'd start with with vinyl and it's it's interesting because uh, most of the statistics i pulled were from two, 2021 right because it's the last piece of full data that we have but uh so 2021 uh it was like a billion dollars or sorry a billion units for vinyl and then making up like 6.9% of the total market. Like it was big and has been growing pretty consistently over the last few years, which is interesting, which is wild to me. And it's still growing. And this doesn't even include, let's say, resell values for vinyls, right? This You're talking about like current artists releasing vinyls for their music merch stores that type of stuff was based with these statistics yeah, and the, and the used market of. for mm -hmm. uh hi-fi old yeah. school hi-fi equipment to play yes, it too, sir yep. which has uh -huh. made a huge comeback yeah uh man so i think there was another statistic was talking about like, like i think around 55 percent of people own records of some sort and it was actually the 18 to i want to say 30 something year olds um, I don't that know why that, that, that actually listened to them, that actually listened to vinyls. So it, it's like this weird shift of retro nostalgia that we really don't even have. It's, it's a hipster it's, thing. It's yeah, it's weird yeah, that's that what it we is. would go uh, back to vinyl. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think I know out of, uh, you know, my, my wife and I have uh, a couple of vinyl records. Um, I'm a collector, though. So that was we don't necessarily enjoy listening to, you know, vinyl music. Uh, I was about to ask. So I, how, how often do you say that you would listen to those? Bro, I've listened music? to those out of like the we have probably somewhere between five to eight. Uh, records. I got a couple like video game soundtracks, and uh, mm. then there's a couple, you know, like actual albums from another artist that my wife and I both like. And I've probably listened or used the vinyl player that we have twice. Uh, and mm. in the five plus years that we've had those records, 
it was more of just like a I want these because I really like this artist. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I don't know how support. to I don't know. I just want it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you want to support. <laughs> want to collect it? Yeah. So, uh, so for instance, I, last year I really wanted a cassette. Like it was an all-in-one player, right? So it's vinyl player, CD player, FM, AM radio, and then it's a cassette player as well. And it has aux in as well. And dude, I have. Let's think. I have quite a few records ranging from classical to jazz fusion to weird rock. I mean, and I'll, I'll probably listen a few times a month. But I mean, that's, that's pretty infrequent. So, but I still have a bunch of vinyl. I still go buy vinyl. I still really like vinyl. What situations are you listening to? Like, or is it after you get off work and, you know, you pour yourself a glass of your, your, your best drink? Yeah. Okay. So like weekends, if I'm if I'm in the mood for like a particular album, you know, whatever, I'll come home after work. It'll be a weekend, you know, relax a little bit and I'll just put on an album, listen to it front to back. And it does provide. So like and this is something that I think Brent can kind of speak to as well. But the audio difference is, mm, man, it's it's different when you listen to vinyl consistently versus digital yes absolutely you guys can actually hear the difference like i've so i've not i don't own a vinyl player i don't know if i've ever heard um a vinyl record irl oh wow okay yeah so i mean man i've just been i grew up with digital media and um you know i mean i guess i had i had cassette tapes i guess technically cassette tapes are analog not digital i believe i believe that's how they would be described so i don't i don't really know anything about vinyls other than it costs a lot of money to buy in basically and then you got to collect does. the stuff and or it did um yeah it did yeah and i mean i know there's cheaper options now but uh you know um and then you got to collect the darn vinyls which are breakable and take up space yo and, you know you what know, like, matt what i'm about to like say they, is maybe i don't know what I'm about to say is maybe controversial. I don't think you're missing out on much, man. Like I would, <laughs> I oh come on, all right. I get the all I get right. the nostalgia piece. No, no, no. And this is look, look, look. I'm not trying to throw nobody under the bus, right? I I appreciate it, right? Like one of the vinyls that I have is like the Fallout Four soundtrack, right? Like this is on some real nerd stuff, but that is perfect on vinyl. Like the sound that vinyl has is perfect for that soundtrack, mm -hmm. right? Uh, okay. But in all honesty, Matt, like I've, like you said, you grew up in digital media. This is the equivalent of playing, you know, growing up with all of the Call of Duty games and then your grandpa coming out and saying, hey, here's son, play Half-Life 2. Easy. Tell me how great it is. And it's not, he's not going to understand that was it. a great game. It was a great game, but what I'm saying here is that, you know, still is a Call of game. Duty, it's an FPS, you know, by the time <laughs> you go, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this for 15 minutes. So I'm going to just cut myself off. I'm going to just, here, here, here's the, here's the big, here's the big shift though. For one, like in your I case, I appreciate your half-life slight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Can we talk more about that? In okay. your case, Jordy, you like it's all about the equipment when it comes to vinyl. So yeah. I'm willing to bet, and this is just making an assumption. You can correct me if I'm this wrong. This is a fair point. No, for, but go ahead. Your player probably is not super hi-fi stuff. It's probably, Absolutely you not. know, it's not tube based. I seriously doubt. 
the, the so on the tech side of this records are actually they have a lower no, noise floor and because of that the difference between the high and the lows is much shorter than it is with digital media digital media is actually compressed because they it's it's written yes, so loud to the track so it's hot it's constantly hot and because of that everything compresses it on vinyl it's not and so you're getting the full richness the full dynamic range records to this day are still mastered at a higher dynamic range than any digital media. Yep. What any about like, what about like lossless codecs and stuff? Um, yes. you know, and for those who don't, for yep. people who don't like listen to a lot of music, um, or know a lot about that stuff, a lossless, my understanding of a lossless codec is, well, I guess a codec is a, it's a set of, basically it's a set of instructions of how to like interpret the digital media into, you know, ears basically or, or noise wave sound waves there we go interpret interpret the digital media and sound waves and my understanding of that the lossless codex is that you're able to i don't know bypass some of that bs basically at that word of that compression that you described now i don't know a bunch and so i could be wrong on some of these points i'd be very interested in hearing from you guys it, it certainly helps me. but you have to when it comes to that when you're pumping lossless through a digital system so through a computer let's say from front to back or from well yeah from from top to bottom you have to have like lossless capable equipment that's the sound card that's you know the headphones or whatever Mm -hmm. mixture you've got it running all the way so on and so forth so Mm -hmm. somewhere through there something's going to be compressing that to 24 bit 192 whatever it's like jumbo frames you're killing your lossless yeah is my like is my standard motherboard that you know costs 150 bucks or whatever going to support lossless or do i need to go like buy an additional 50 or 150 dollar audio card for something like that true lossless probably not yeah Yeah, okay and then so like i have the the bear dynamic 770s are are those things going to support lossless brent i think you have some capable of it absolutely it just you just gotta hook them into the right source yep all right so so if i want that i i so if i want to get the lossless and maybe i do want that lossless goodness i definitely appreciate every time i've upgraded my headphones from a cheaper version to a more expensive version i've always been really pleased and i've always found more basically to some degree or another and now i'm like well Maybe if I get a graphics card, or sorry, an, a, an audio card. But then I guess I'm listening from Spotify, and I doubt they're delivering lossless to me. So maybe that'd be a poor investment. This this is the reason why there are services out there that literally have higher tier. Oh, I, I would need you know, to, I would need to go plans. I would need a specialized yep. service for this because you're because and what I understand, Spotify is probably not actually going to provide me their high quality isn't the audios that no. they're providing me is not lossless quality audio i don't believe so no sir man not that now i'm, that I'm clicking through it back back in the days when i was because i i held out from streaming media for a long time and i decided that i'll just you know i'll just purchase my own media and load up my phone and do this that whatever yada 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 and you know i remember once i started getting my hands on flack lossless that the the size required to house an entire CD is it, it was was much larger. It was no longer yeah. like a couple hundred megabytes. Suddenly, it was like 600, 700. It actually consumed a full CD instead of like, man, I remember back in the old days when you could do um, multiple, when, or not could do, but when 
Um, you would do multiple albums on a single CD, of course, oh, yeah. CD player, and you could slam like, you know, you you trim them suckers up a little bit, uh, convert down to a uh, lossier codec. I don't know if that's the official term, and then you could get you know, eight seat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess you say crappier, but you you could stick you know eight ten CDs on a single CD, and with those lossless codecs, I just. I mean, the math just don't check, basically. Yeah. Just my two cents on all that. So, Jordy, back to your point. You are missing things, but it's whether or not you care. So for me, when I sit when I sit down and I listen to, you know, jazz or jazz fusion, I want to hear mm-hmm. all the parts. I want to hear all yeah, the nuance. I want I mm-hmm. want everything. But I also have a system that allows me to hear that because that, that, that's something I really want. Yeah, there's i I'll admit there was a little bit of ignorance on my side. Uh, how terrible of me to assume my $60 <laughs> little record player from Target uh, <laughs> was, was, was given the same experience or, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and mine's not is, even the best. So don't, don't take this the wrong way. Like, I, I could spend gobs and gobs of money to make it for just sure. like, sing and shine, you know, but it's just, it's interesting because there are some audiophiles that really, really dig on the vinyl. And so it's just interesting that that is still part of the market space, right? Like, so for instance, cassettes, not there. Like, they, they, there's a, they don't make cassettes anymore as far as, I'm, as far as I could find. I could be wrong. I'll always put that caveat there. But there's no new cassettes being made as far as, like, music is going. Nobody wants to spend the time, money, effort, whatever. It's Gotta get those suckers from the flea market. Right. You go to, like, we have a place here called McKay's, and it's a reseller of a bunch of stuff, including cassettes, eight tracks, all that stuff, um, vinyl. But their vinyl section, way bigger than their cassettes. Like, there's a little corner relegated for cassettes, and the like, whole top floor is vinyl. You know what I mean? So. That is it's, crazy it's that, that you, now that you point that out, dude, because if I go to like a, any bookstore that I go, any place that I can think of right now that has vinyls, they're not selling cassette tapes. Nope. You know what I mean? Like they're not. Uh, and if they are, it's in some small little cubby area. I, I couldn't. Yep. I don't even know where I'd go to buy a cassette tape right now. <laughs> I could think of like six uh, different eBay. places to go buy vinyls, though. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Free physical market, stores, though. No, Matt okay. is correct. Well, yeah. The markets are, are pretty rife with them. Um. Okay, so moving on, that's that's final. I, it's just pretty interesting to me. So let's let's go to CDs really quick. So the peak for CDs was the year two thousand. That was like peak sales. I think it was almost a billion CD albums were shipped in the U.S. that wow. year. Wow. Um, was what was what it was saying. In twenty twenty two, this is in, or twenty twenty one, there was five hundred eighty four million dollars in revenue based off of cds that's that's pretty impressive that's that's half half a billion is that number adjusted for inflation i'd be i'd be curious to see what that number would be mm, in today's. Uh, you know i'd have to go look back and look i didn't think about it. Hey, no that. problem yeah no problem uh let me see if i can find something real quick that is a good yeah see if you can find it actually because i didn't think about that at all man slip up on my part sorry the man um wow Sean, so disappointed or whatever. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. Track. Um, <laughs> but while Jordy's looking, I, so CDs, man, 
the CDs are kind of near and dear to my heart because that was like for me growing up, that was it. Like going mm -hmm. to Walmart, going to a CD record store with my dad and um, or like Circuit City or somewhere and just there being stacks and stacks of CDs and you flip through them and you're like, oh my gosh, I found the newest Weird Al album. I'm going to take yeah. it and go pop it in, you know, or for instance, my dad came home. He was the one who actually got me into heavy metal and he brought home Awake, which is an album by Dream Theater. And I still have that CD and I still play it. Like I, I have a collection of CDs that I will not part with because I don't want to lose it um, or lose access to it. But and just being blown away, like the album art, right? the little uh -huh. sleeve that came in the case and you'd like you'd that, flip yeah, it open and look at all the art and lyrics and stuff it used to have lyrics yeah once upon a time it actually had all the lyrics and stuff in there mm -hmm. yeah. yeah man you guys I remember the catalogs the what, what was it it was like columbia house like you would get yeah, like a, a mailer yeah, from like columbia yeah. house and you could buy it through the mail and just get shipped yes, like sir. a bunch of stuff for x amount of but money i remember getting that's those. not as yeah, that's nowhere near as much fun as do it as doing the flipping through thing. I definitely remember that. I feel like, man, I have one of those big CD cases that could hold like two hundred plus or three hundred and sixty yep. CDs mm -hmm. with like I've got four one right CDs now. per sleeve, back and forth. Man, it's like terrible faux leather. <laughs> it's like faded yeah. and ripped <laughs> and stuff. Man, I remember, remember the car visor holders. Mm. Oh, dude, yeah, they had the little elastic yeah, the sun visor. It. Yeah, you go around yeah. the corner going like 65 miles an hour and the CDs come flying out and start hitting the window. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, man, I, I made a big uh, point to burn all my CDs to like to I burn all my CDs to, to like my mega CDs, basically. Right. I condense yeah. all my rock mm -hmm. into into like my rock CD. So I remember like going through all my CDs on, you know, the high school bus going to a front games going, which which yeah. one of these 12 CDs has this one <laughs> album that I want? So I don't have to label them? through them all. With a Sharpie or something? That's what we did. We always take the label with a Sharpie. Bro, have you, have you seen my handwriting? It's not very conducive to a medium <laughs> where I had to shrink it down. It's not yeah, good. Yeah, sure. That's, Should uh, you guys have the same discmans? Yeah, buddy. Yes, yep, that's sure what did. I had <laughs> with that sweet anti-skip technology, dude. Yes, <laughs> I'll never forget when I got this new player that wouldn't oh, skip. Man. It wouldn't bounce. It just sat there and just played the whole way through. I walked up and down uh, my driveway because it was gravel yeah, and it would always bounce. So when I walked yeah. up and down, it blew my mind that it didn't skip. Holy. Yo, oh, so man. So real quick, uh, I got some numbers for us uh, on CDs, just really, really quick. Okay. Uh, so um, let's see. CDs actually peaked, just like Sean said. They peaked uh, in 2000, um, coming in at $13.2 billion. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, it was the, it was the music wow. industry's leading format, all right, in the 1990s, uh, peaking yeah, at uh, 2000. There was a, there's at this specific uh, article that I'm looking at right now, uh, this is for um, 2011 to 2021. So they don't mention anything after 2000, but the name of the article is, uh, hey, CD sales have grown this last year for the first time since 2004. And the number yep. here 
uh, last year, uh, they came in uh, and yeah, for CD sales, 584 million. That's the number Sean gave us. Um, and yeah, they've, I guess that format has been in decline. Uh, I'm looking at it right now since 2011, they capped out at 3 yep. billion in 2011 and they've declined, 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 uh, until 2020, uh, or I'm sorry, until last year. And then now we're on the up again. So, uh, yep. that's pretty interesting, man. That's more crazy yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's wild, right? So you look at vinyl, you look at CDs and you're like, dude, why, why is it, why is it coming back? My personal opinion is dude there are some things that again the audio quality i want but really there is something magical about having it in your hand and playing it right right Full like so for man. instance with vinyl right they came in sleeves so perfect example there's a band called emerson lake and palmer they're fusiony you know like 70s um, um progressive rock right they have a, an album called Brain Salad Surgery, and it came in this foldable cover, vinyl cover, and when you opened it up, it, it turned from a woman to a skull, and you'd flip it, and you're like, oh my gosh, and then you flip it open, and there's lyrics on the side, and there's tracks, and then like you open it up, and you slide the vinyl out, and you take it, and you set it on, and you put the needle, like the whole experience itself is just magical, and I don't get that when I just go click a playlist and hit shuffle. You know, what's uh, funny about uh, what you're saying, man, is when gamers had the ability on this, not this last generation, but the generation prior to like actually buy games digitally um, and have like there was no no holds barred. Right. Like I, I remember thinking about that and being like, man, no, I need to have I need to I need to physically hold the disc. And then I shifted away from that. Right. So for the last X amount of years, majority of my stuff has been bought digitally. And now right. I'm getting to the point again where I'm like, dude, I miss like, I miss mm -hmm. holding, you know what I mean? I miss, I miss holding them. You know what I mean? So, yes, sir. um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm like kind of getting back into that a little tiny bit. Uh, so it's, it doesn't make me, you know, the leading scientist uh, or data analyst on everything that we've talked about so far, but boy, do I understand the, the trend and why it comes back, right? It's that yeah. something new comes along and you pick that up and you say, you know what? After so long, after exposure, right? It's it's like, uh, it's not the same. Let me go back to the OG. Let me go back to the OG uh, experience, whatever that is for you, for at yeah. whatever generation level, you know? Um, that's the human experience. It's crazy, man. It's a little... Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know insane. how to describe it, it, but everyone knows what we're talking about, right? Like everybody knows that when you have that, I don't know if it's nostalgia by itself, like, cause there, there are some redeeming qualities about the thing, but is it that golden age looking backwards going, Oh, I remember when we had you know, peanut butter for the first time, you know, is it that, or is it actual, the physicality of it? I don't know. Man, I would argue yeah. it's, it's it's probably a little bit of both, man. I mean, there's, yeah. <clears throat> we, mm, we just fair. talked about, we, I mean, we, or I shouldn't say that, we, we've talked about, you know, what does it mean to be licensed for a game versus own a game? And there's a big difference between saying, I went to Steam and I bought uh, Half-Life 2, which is a great game, Jordy, just saying, and um, then saying, well, I have this CD that has Half-Life 2 on it. Right. And because yeah. Steam goes belly up, Half-Life 2 is gone. I mean, the same thing right now. I, I license through Spotify. 
there are a couple of other areas where I've licensed music here, there, or wherever. And man, those services go belly up. My, my purchases are dead. Uh, I will also yep. say that I, at the same time, I have also like, I have there, there's a couple of producers that I particularly like, and I have went out and sought and purchased the like actual tracks via mp3 i mean to me it's yeah do i wish i had gotten a cd instead not if it was going to cost me three more dollars and, and then plus five more in shipping i'm sure pretty content so, but, with my digital media that i can go download anytime i want or back up if i want a cd i'll just go burn it to an f and cd right so i'm not talking about for everything though yeah I get, I get it. I'm just saying that I personally, I'd argue it's a little bit nostalgia and mm. um, it's a little bit of, it's nice to, to actually own your product instead yeah. of just paying $10 yeah, and then having someone take it away. It's just owning it. Like that sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't want it for everything, but there's some things and Jordy is a collector. I'm sure you feel the same way. Like I, I want to own it. I want it to be mine. Like I, I don't want any, I don't want it going Absolutely. away. Dude, I got stuff. I got stuff back here that I went on like adventures to go find and get, you know what I mean? Uh, on my little bookshelf yeah. back here. I don't do nothing with it. I just want to own it. It's mine. You know what I mean? Let me, uh, and I won't get into the reasons or we, that we could save that for another podcast. You know what I mean? Another episode, <laughs> but uh, you know, just that it's, I get that. I, I want it. Yeah. It's mine. It's physically It's, it's just there. the way it makes you feel. It's just comfortable. It makes you feel. Yes. That's what it is. It's the same it's with like just, retro gaming. Like we, you don't even have to, sure. have to talk about anything tangible there. Like think about the way you felt when you played the original Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this also ties into that. It, yes, it's about having something tangible, but also when was the first time you had that in your hand? When was the first time you put that CD in the player? You hit that play button. You listened to that whole album. How did it make you feel? You know, a lot of us listening mm-hmm. to those things and using those things these days is tapping back into that feeling aka mm-hmm. nostalgia and it's hard to argue with that it's like very subjective how everybody feels about nostalgia man so that's, I'm that's getting for misty me. eyes. It's, it's the one you're, you're getting me teary-eyed over this crap <laughs> hey look you know i'll give us a i'll give us a brief i'm gonna give us a brief uh uh track switch here brief pause i need to defend my honor all right and i need to just correct some stuff that i said earlier because matt made a comment and i know if matt made a comment about it it's possible that the listeners the audience may have caught it all right so n- number one i just want to talk about half-life for a second look i meant no disrespect yeah. i played the game no disrespect myself. brother okay wait hold on wait wait let me defend my honor right quick all right uh i've played i love half-life all right i've played it i got the remakes on my computer i've played you know i got the version on vr it's fantastic i love that series the point that i was trying to make earlier was that half-life uh in a lot of aspects and to a lot of people can be considered a godfather or the godfather of modern fps games and so the point that i was making was that if somebody grows up on call of duty if they loop back later in life to play Half-Life, it won't be as special to them because they've already seen the meat grinder version of Half-Life. You know what I mean? Through mm-hmm. through the lens of the video game industry through however many years, right? It, it's not it's not the same. You know what I mean? For somebody who got to play Half-Life first and then and then you know what I mean? That, that's fair. That's yeah, what I was. They don't, they don't have those warm and fuzzies for it. Yeah, Maybe they don't have counter, the Counter Strike. The original Counter Strike. Mm-hmm. That's just saying. Came also, from the same that's engine. also fair. Yes. Also. All right. Fair. All right. We're deviating. Uh, we're deviating. Sorry. You know, we're off. We're off. Finish topic. defending your I appreciate Jordy. that, Jordy. 
Yeah. yeah. Hey, I just wanted to. I'm I, not an idiot. I feel like it's defended. You know, but uh, hey, it also ties back to, to our conversation just a little bit about nostalgia. You know what I mean? Matt was ready yeah. to go. Uh, tables, ladders and chairs match a WWF style, <laughs> you know, over, I, you know, over Half-Life. Rightfully so. But uh, man. Yeah. And and to that point, I I very much remember going to the store with my dad and getting the original Half-Life and reading the box and reading about their next gen AI and being so excited and then getting my getting my face whopped into the wall over and over again because of the next gen AI and being so excited about it. Um, No point being holding that box, getting the physical media, reading all the hype that was right there and then opening it up and getting to go through um, the manual that you don't get anymore. Um, as I was going home and, you know, then, you know, installing the game, it, it really was uh, a nice experience. Yeah. Something you just can't get no more. Nope. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's move forward really quick. So let's go to books. Interesting, interesting numbers here, right? So this is, this is 2021 again, but revenue by book type. Okay. I thought this was a, a fair, um, they had a little pie chart that was super nice and I'll link it in the show notes, but, uh, so 48.15% were hardback. Okay. 27% were paperback. 9.29 were ebook. 6.29 were audiobooks and then there's another percentage that was other which i wasn't i'm kind of curious and want to go back to look at what other was (laughs) because that kind of covered yeah i guess (laughs) oh geez hold on less than 10 percent was ebook less than 10 percent was ebook wow that was a little surprising honestly that yeah it's a man i cut over to my kindle paperwhite two years ago and i haven't looked back for a second i mean and keep in mind i i love books man i've I, I love them. I've, and I'm yeah. an avid reader and have been my entire life. So, I, I mean, man, it, it just, I'm really surprised more people haven't cut over to the Kindles. They're so convenient. Yeah. Oh, dude, believe me. I have a, I have a paperwhite as well. But that uh-huh. being said, I own books. So I, I made a mission when I was, um, when I got married, that I was going to collect all of the old books that made an impact on me as a child so that I could have them physical, Ooh, hard copy nice. for my children. And so I have those books. And I fought tooth and nail, combed, you know, the desert and and found them. And it's great. But for stuff that I don't care about, I'm 100% on the Kindle. So, it, but it, again... It's weird because there are certain books, just like with the video games and the CDs, when I held in the hands, and forgive me for being weird, when you smell a book, it like mm, releases yes. some 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 dopamine, whatever you want, into the brain. And it's a different experience. And to see the progress, instead of clicking next and going, I have X percentage left, you know, when you see how far you've gotten in a book, you have a bookmark. Dude, I used to have a particular mm-hmm. bookmark. Um, it was one that I made for my dad, and I laminated it. And it was cardstock that I put together in waves. And then I signed it and gave it to him. And then later on, he gave it back to me. And I, I actually still have that bookmark. Uh, but, 
like seeing that bookmark move across the book till the end and that sense of completion is just ah you know it's oh, it's so good but i don't want four billion books in my house eating up space either <laughs> so it's like this weird dichotomy but i those that percentage i thought it would be way higher than nine percent for sure um another fun fact audiobooks have a nine-year streak of double-digit growth that wow. makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes, makes a lot really that of sense. that blew me away. <laughs> that doesn't, Sean. Yeah. The fact that that blew you away doesn't make any sense to me. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, uh... I listen to audiobooks every now and then. But for the most part, I prefer the actual reading. It's something like I I like it when I'm driving, and I like it for books that yep. I don't necessarily want to spend the time dedicated at home to. You know what I mean? Like they're the kind of like the gap fillers for me. But see, so it's maybe not, that's it's my own personal you, bias. It's not what our generation years? grew up on. You know what I mean? Uh, as this next generation gets older sure. and they they have these available to them, like readily available. Everybody's got phones, man, or tablet or, uh, oh, sure. you know, devices, you know. So audiobooks may be easier for kids to, you know, digest the Harry Potter series uh, or the Twilight series. You know what I mean? Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me, I feel like. Uh, so interestingly enough that you say that, Amazon had like $940 million in sales for Audible alone. Another statistic really quick. And it's also the most popular Audible's platform. Audible's a cool system, though. I mean, really Audible's is. pretty dope, man. You get, I mean, my understanding is you get access to quite a bit if you buy into their, like, Dude, sub. no, you you don't even have to do the monthly sub. Like they'll give you free ones just for being there, um, yeah. and oh, then really? you get you get yeah some just for being a member. Stuff. Like if you're if you're prime, cool. Um, and then, but you're right. The actual subscription base on top of it gives you a buttload of stuff too. So for um, for I know it's a little off topic, but for what it's worth, I subscribe to the Amazon's uh, Kindle version of that as opposed to the audio the yeah. audible version mm -hmm. of that and um man it was okay there there was a lot there there's a lot of garbage in there oh, of um course. yeah i Always i is. eventually ran out of things that i found particularly appealing but i have unique tastes i guess so i i mean i don't know just kind of interesting food for thought that there's these like recurring services man another reason why the ebook thing's kind of surprising because you get these these like monthly recurring revenue type models and you get access to yeah. thousands of books. Why are, why are people still buying hardbound? I mean, well, hardbounds, I get a little bit more in softback than like paperbacks. I think hardbounds are classy, I guess. Uh, but I, I yeah, don't they know. look good on your shelf. Just interesting. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's why they're classy is because they look good. Right. Right. So the other part of that with the books, which I wanted to touch on really quickly, is that um, Amazon is kind of, it's kind of a big deal as well. It's something we can talk about a different time, maybe. It may not be relevant, but basically Amazon controls like, <laughs> uh, let's see, it's, it's eight, I, I think it's 80% of all book distribution in the U.S. What? Like it's it's like a it's like a de facto monopoly is what they were saying Gosh. in the article. Say Barnes what you Nova. just yeah. said one more Dead. time. What so, say, just say it again. Here, I have it I have it right here. Borders. Here. 
Experts believe that Amazon is approaching de facto monopoly status in the publishing world. Amazon controls up to 80% of all book distribution in the U.S., and many worry that the company has engaged in anti-competitive and even predatory practices that left publishers racing to the bottom. That oh, one, that yeah, makes... Color me shocked oh. that that's... Really? Yeah. You yeah. think that Amazon's engaged in anti-competitive <laughs> measures? I, I don't know if I believe that. I'm going to need some facts first. <laughs> no, yeah. man. Um, you know, I was just thinking about that the other day. Like the first time uh, I remember, and I'm sure this is the same for everybody. Uh, we don't... I, the first time I remember hearing about Amazon was with books. Like that's all they sold. Uh, sure. Like yeah, that's what it was. Two thousand five or something like that, I think. And uh, and I was just thinking the other day, like, damn, I wonder how the book the book business is going for Amazon. Strong. I wonder. Strong. <laughs> yeah. And strong wow. apparently is the answer to that question. <laughs> man, oh, that's man. crazy. That, man. Like, you think some of the original players that are who I consider to be OG big boys like Barn Noble and Borders would have done? I don't know, literally anything to like successfully compete and um it seems it's like whatever hard, they man. Did just it's so I mean, hard you get so much of a it, markup man. though you in those stores Amazon. so i go well, buy local right and i have yeah, to pay well, like sometimes 30 percent more for this book and i'm like ah, i could probably find this for like 15 bucks on amazon rather than the you know however much more you see what i'm saying like they have such good pricing that it's really hard to beat. I love, like, I will try and go buy local as much as I can. But if I'm strapped for cash, Amazon is going to be the way because I can either get it in ebook format, or, you know, I can I can get it cheap. So how do you how do you as a local store how do you compete with that unless you just you know have a really great community? Yeah, it's true. It's tough. Not to mention, as a like an inspiring writer, I, I've I've heard through the grapevine that it's super easy. If you're trying to write a book, write a novel, whatever, you're trying to get something published, you can essentially just go straight through the Amazon chain and their whole deal is super lucrative for that person, believe it or not, for them to kind of have like limited, you know, exclusivity pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They take a percentage off the top and they're good. Um, there's act, there was actually some statistics there as well about there being more self-publishing now than there has ever been Absolutely. previously. And, you know, people make a decent amount of chunk of change because they can, it's way easier to do. So, um, I don't have those statistics. I'll have to go find them. Um, but anyway, um, so the last one I wanted to talk on just to kind of keep things moving forward is, uh, DVDs. Not much to talk about. It's not great. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, not doing great for DVDs, uh, mostly because of streaming services. Like that's pretty much just like tanked DVDs for the most part. Uh, you still find them, you still make them, um, but it kind of makes sense because the fidelity that you get is close enough to the physical copy that yeah, you're not really losing much experientially and you have a huge catalog, and you don't have to store them. But... Is, is this including, like, Blu-rays and stuff, too, or no? No, it's just DVDs. Okay. I was just making sure, because I, I, I would feel like Blu-rays certainly have to be doing better than DVDs. I didn't look, right? up, I didn't look up Blu-rays. I was thinking more, more straight like DVD. School. Like, the old-school definition DVD. Gotcha. Um, yeah, they're, they're very far and few in between. Um, Man, oh, I my wife that, insists but... on collecting them. 
like bookshelves full of VHS that they were going to, I don't know, yeah. like hand down mm-hmm. or, or something. They eventually got rid of them like three years ago. My wife's doing the same thing now with the darn DVDs. I don't know what we're going to do. I can tell you they're not going to be here. 20 years ago, <laughs> that, that. we ain't handed you say down that, DVDs man. to I've nobody got, dog i i have inherited dvds from my parents like that i remember watching as a kid um i have dvds right now i have tv shows so like i bought my my wife the full friends um collection office parks and rec so like no, I have every single yeah. bit of DBZ, like period. Yeah. Uh, it's it's but like who could be bothered I don't want putting reading up and putting a DVD into a DVD player though. Okay, all right. I really quick. <laughs> I was having this conversation with my grandmother on Saturday. Right, we were talking about television because hers went out. She was talking about when TVs sat on the floor. They had their own legs, and they literally like. You, you you had a tenna coming out of it, and they were like the size of my fist. You know, they were pretty much a piece of furniture. <laughs> Basically, yes, they yes, sat on the absolutely. friggin' floor. They're made out of like mahogany, you know, and and yep. the stuff that's inside of them, if it ever got out, would kill you if you breathe it in. You know what I mean? Like exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just wild how far we've come. So the fact that you're like that's back when you actually got it repaired and yes, you didn't sir. replace it. These days, your TV breaks, you go and buy a new one. Back then, TV repairman comes to the house, fixes some stuff in the tube. He leaves, and you got your t- TV's like new again. So, yeah, it's wild to me because we forget that that's that's not that long ago. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, no, it's it's a not. while ago. It's really but not. It's really not. It's really in the scope of history how fast our media has changed. You know what I mean? Like wow. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild yeah. from from going to here's a cassette tape to um, that's dead and now we operate entirely on the internet or you know yeah you know market no share physical entirely. media it's all digital yeah. that's I mean, wild to me that tire. I can sit no like, that's not for instance in the house so what we're what we're doing right now right we would have to physically be present there would be no way for us to do this. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. not even that long ago that we would have nope. had to all be together to do this. Like a, f- a few years, man. Pops. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. It's wild. Yeah. We could we could go on. There's a whole bunch of other physical media that I left out just because, you know, like VHS and, you know, the singles and all that stuff. But um, laser disc. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, Betamax. (laughs) Uh, All these obscure niche physical media forms. Yeah, man. There's a bunch of them. Barely survived, like like multiple, like, I don't know, a few years and then they were gone. Yeah. Like (laughs) people, people, like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, that's, I I think it's interesting. The final thoughts for me. As far as physical media is concerned, I think for special things, I think nostalgia play really big factors in it. But certain things do have a particular shine when you have them physically. And I also like the fact that uh, nobody can take it away from me unless they steal it physically from me. And then it can't be tampered with. 
that was another one that I kind of skirted in the last second, but not uh, not a big fan of tamper like tampering with stuff. And it's way, I don't know, it, it's way harder to do once you physically own it. You know what I mean? So th that's kind of my perspective. I'm curious if you if you guys have anything else to add to it. No, man, just that it was, uh, this is super informative and I'm a very, uh, I'm a very analytical person, you know what I mean? Like at my core and I, I, I love useless stats that I will not be able to do anything <laughs> with. <laughs> uh, oh, it man. is, uh, it's great to see that there are like, uh, or hear that there are other people like me, you know what I mean? Whether it's, uh, yeah. you know, Hey, and I think, uh, it's just that, Hey, we're kind of you know driven by some, by some nostalgia to, to some point. You know what I mean? And sometimes you just gotta you gotta go out there, buy something, and, and just touch it. Just hold on to it and take care of it. Yeah, you just want to hold nice it in your hands, man. Yep, yeah, absolutely. That's right. All righty. Well, fellas, that's it. Everyone, we, we appreciate you again listening. Um, if you have any feedback, if you have anything that you feel like we missed, or you know, if you want to come into Discord or drop comments on yeah, tell you know, us, your favorite tell us piece about of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, tell us, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd love to hear about your collectibles. We're You're friendly picking up people. DVDs, books, tech, video game consoles. What do you got? Tell us. Yeah, yeah. boy. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks, See everybody. You. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Digital Ascent Podcast. We hope you enjoy. Please visit our Discord and also stop by our forums. Until next time.